This morning as we honor the reading of the one word, Lord, today we're looking at the book of 1 Kings chapter number 17. The book of 1 Kings chapter number 17. We'll begin reading with verse. We will read down and include verse number 7 this morning. Again, 1 Kings chapter number 17 began reading with verse number 1. It says, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except by my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Kirith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. And so he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Kirith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. Let's look at verse number 7 for our text this morning. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up. I want to use for my subject this morning, when the brook dries up. Father, thank you for the word of the Lord this morning. It is indeed a lamp unto our feet. It is a light into our path. God, I just pray, Lord, that your anointing will rest upon the message and upon the messenger, Lord, today. Father, give us ears to hear the word of the Lord this morning. Father, may we heed the word of God that we receive as well. Do your work in this place for the glory of God, we ask in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. And you may be reseated this morning. Well, the prophet Elijah delivers a message of judgment to King Ahab. There's not going to be any dew. There's not going to be any rain upon the land until the man of God gives the order. Well... After God sent Elijah to Ahab with this unpopular message, God then arranges for his protection. God said to Elijah, go to the brook Kirith and hide out. Uh, Ahab is mad. He's angry and he's out to get you. He doesn't like the message that you have delivered. Uh, He's angry. He's out to get you. Go to the brook Kirith and hide out there. You better lay low for a while. Well, God says, go to Kirith, and you're going to find everything that you will need to be sustained at the brook Kirith. God says, you'll have the brook to drink from, and I've ordered two meals a day for you. They're going to come to you special delivery. I've arranged for the ravens to deliver bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. Ravens? (laughs) Oh, ravens are buzzards. Don't tell me God doesn't have a sense of humor. You know the story, we read it, Elijah obeys God and he trots on down to Kirith and there he enjoys some very much needed R&R. Oh, he's got it made, my friend. He wakes up to breakfast in bed every single morning and oh, he's got the brook to drink from and to refresh himself in and oh, all he has to do is lay around all day long waiting for supper to, be, uh, for supper to arrive. Wow, what a life. Verse 7 says, and it happened. It always does, doesn't it? 
Oh, and it happened. Oh, how come when things finally start turning around for us? Why? Why does when things finally start going right in our lives? Why is it when circumstances begin to fall into place and good things start to, oh, to happen? Oh, and things start, good things start happening in our lives. How come when the brook is flowing in our life, when provision is showing up every single day? Oh, it's good times in our life. The sun is shining. The birds are singing and all is well. And then it happens. <laughs> Somebody ought to put a bumper sticker. It happens. <laughs> and then it happens. What is it? <laughs> I like my jokes better than anybody. Amen. <laughs> What is it? <laughs> uh, it could be one or more of a, of a thousand things. Maybe, maybe it is sickness or disease. Maybe it's a layoff. Maybe it's the down economy. Oh, maybe somebody inv- invents the latest and the greatest and, and that puts us out of business. It, it, it could be a divorce. It could be death. It could be, it could be disaster. It happens and it happened to Elijah. Notice three things here this morning in this story. The first thing I want us to notice, I want us to notice the situation. Notice the situation for Elijah. The it is found in verse number seven. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up. The brook dries up on Elijah. But I want you to notice something very interesting this morning. And that is that the brook dries up even though God told him to go there. Even though God told him to go there. Hey, God is omniscient. That means that God knows everything. He knows about yesterday. He knows about tomorrow. He knows about today. He knows about 10 million years from now. God knows that the brook is going to dry up, but he sends the man of God there anyway. I find that quite interesting. Why is it that we think that if God is in something, that it's going to be good forever? I said, why is it that somehow we've come to believe that that if God is in something, that, that, that it's going to be good from now on? Who is it that told us that if we will just serve God, that, that the brook of blessing will flow for us 24-7, that the brook will never dry up, that the brook will always be flowing in our lives? Who told us that? Now, am I saying that God doesn't bless His people? Of course not. Am I saying that blessing does not accompany obedience? Don't be ridiculous. But what I am saying this morning is that just because the brook is flowing today, just because we are involved, just because what we are involved in today, oh, is being blessed, just because we are involved in what God led us into yesterday, the brook that flowed for us yesterday just might dry up tomorrow. The following scenario happens a lot, I think, in the lives of Christians. We believe that God gives us direction. We believe that God speaks to us. We believe that God is leading and directing us. And and so we follow the direction. We follow the leadership. We follow what we believe is, is the Lord leading and directing our lives. We go and we do and we involve ourselves in what we believe is God's will and what we believe is God's direction for us. 
And when we get there, there we find that there is a brook that is flowing freely there. We find the provision that we need. Oh, it's made readily available for us. Oh, it's easy for us there. It's prosperous for us there. And then one day we go down to the brook and the brook has dried up. We cry and we complain and we criticize and we question God. Oh, some of us go so far as to doubt that God even sent us there in the first place. The brook dried up on Elijah even though God told him to go there. Notice something else. The brook dried up. Even though it was once flowing freely. The brook dried up even though it once flowed freely. Oh yes my friend for a time the brook flowed freely. It was so cool. It was so clear and it was so refreshing. Oh it was wonderful for Elijah to sit with his feet dangling in the brook. Oh it was awesome and incredible to rest and relax and refresh himself after the pressure of delivering a hard message of judgment to the king. There were there are times in all of our lives When God says to us, you've had enough pressure in your life for a while. You've had more than your share of struggle, more than your share of trial, more than your share of heartache, more than your share of difficulty, more than your share of hardships. You need a little brook time. You need a little brook time. You need a little R&R. You need a little reprieve from the struggles and the pressures of life. And so God sends us to the brook for a while. And it's wonderful. Oh, it's awesome and incredible. It's refreshing to be by the brook and refresh ourselves in the free-flowing brook that happens in our life. Friend, don't think that the brook time is going to last forever. In Mark chapter 5, Peter, James, and John experienced the Mount of Transfiguration. And what a glorious experience it is. Oh, what an exhilarating time it is. Oh, as Jesus is transfigured, the glory of God is revealed. And Peter spouts out and he says, Lord, it's good for us <laughs> Oh, God, this is good, Lord. It's good for us to be here. Oh, it's so incredible and awesome and wonderful here. We we just need to build three tabernacles here. We need to build you one and build one for Moses and build one for Elijah. Oh, oh, Jesus, why don't we just stay here? Why don't we just bask in this glory forever? The world can go to hell. We're just going to enjoy this wonderful, glorious time in your presence. Lord, the brook is flowing here. But it wasn't to be. Jesus and his disciples come down from the mountain. And if you'll read the story, uh, oh, in Mark chapter 9, you'll find that immediately upon leaving the brook experience, immediately leaving and coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration, immediately they run right head on with the devil. We're talking about the situation this morning. The brook dries up on Elijah. It dries up even though God told him to go there. It dries up even though there was a time when it once flowed freely. And friend, it dried up even though he had done nothing wrong. Even though 
he had done nothing wrong. It's our human nature, is it not, to begin wondering what we did wrong when the brook dries up in our life. And if it's not enough that we begin to wonder, we begin to question why the brook has dried up. Ah, there's always somebody around that will help us out with the answer. Other people will tell us you must have sin in your life. Oh, God must really be ticked off at you, man. What in the world have you done to make God so mad at you? Oh, the brook was flowing so deeply and so wonderfully, and it's now dried up. It's got to be your fault. You've got to have sin in your life. What in the world have you done to mess things up? That's what Job's friends and Job's family said to him. You were so prosperous. You were the most, the richest man in the land. You had more sheep and cattle and oxen. And you had more, a bigger family and you had more wealth and you had, oh, the brook was really flowing in your life, Job. And all of a sudden you don't have anything. Everything has been taken away. And Job's family and friends said, ah, it's got to be sin in your life. Job took an examination of his life and he said, but I haven't sinned. Friend, the brook dries up for Elijah, even though he had done nothing wrong. Let me tell you this morning that you can do everything right, and the brook can still dry up. You might say then, then, then what is our motivation for doing the right thing? Let me tell you what the motivation is, because it's the right thing to do. Because you want to please God. Because righteousness should accompany salvation. Remember this this morning. If the brook dries up, God has a reason for the brook drying up. I'm not saying this is the reason, but this is one of many reasons. Perhaps perhaps the only way that he can get you to leave the brook, perhaps the only way he can get you to the next place where he wants to take you, the only way that's going to happen, if he allows the brook to dry up. Because unless the brook dries up, you're not leaving, man. I mean, man, well, who in the world going to leave? Hey, man, R&R, who's going to leave with your feet dangling in the brook? Who's going to leave breakfast in bed and I just lay around all day waiting for supper to show up? Who's going to leave that? And God knew even the man of God, Elijah, God's man of faith and power for the hour, he wouldn't leave it either. But one day he goes down to the brook and the brook dried up. When the brook dries up, we've talked about the situation. Let's talk a little bit about the solution. The solution. What do you do when the brook dries up? What do you do when what was working no longer works? Let me suggest three things this morning. When the brook dries up, First thing you simply need to do is thank God for the brook. Instead of whining and complaining and crying because the brook dried up, try thanking God for leading you to the brook in the first place. 
Oh, friend, the brook may not be producing for you right now, but oh, what a blessing it has been for you in the past. You wouldn't be where you are now. You wouldn't have what you have now. You wouldn't know what you know now if it hadn't been for the provision that you enjoyed at the brook. Perhaps there's a former pastor. Maybe there's a teacher. Maybe there's a family member, a friend or a mentor that poured into your life. And they may not be actually pouring into your life. Now perhaps the brook has dried up for you in that area. But oh, what a blessing they were for you in the past. Why not call them? Why not drop them a card or a thank you note? Amen. What do you do when the brook dries up? Well, just start by thanking God for the brook. It sustained you. It refreshed you. It rejuvenated you. It gave you the strength to get to the next place that God wanted you to go. What is the solution when the brook dries up? Number one, we need to thank God for the brook. The second thing we need to do is is trust God for the future. Trust God for the future. See, you see the same God that led you to the brook. When it dries up, He can lead you to another brook. Or if He doesn't desire to lead you to another brook, then He can lead you into something even better. You thought the brook was so awesome and so incredible. You thought it could never be any better than it is right now. What could be better than this? But God's got another place to take you. God's got another realm of His glory. Amen. God wants to take you to the next level. He wants to do something new and fresh in your life. You thought the brook was good, but oh, can you even imagine where that next place is that God wants to take you. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and 6 says to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and don't lean to your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. You see people get so comfortable where they are. We just like our comfort zone don't we? Yeah. And people get so comfortable where they are doing the same old thing over and over and over. The brook is dried up. But they'd rather stay by a dried up brook than take the chance on something new and something different. That's where we are. We fuss and we fight and we, and, and, and we rebel against every new thing that comes along. And then after we get tired of it, of, of, of putting up a fuss about it, then we embrace it. And then we embrace it to the point we didn't even want it to start with, but now we embrace it so much that when we want, somebody wants us to move on to another level, no! Don't you remember you didn't even want to go there to start? People get so comfortable where they are, doing the same thing over and over. The brook is dried up, but they'd rather stay by a dried up brook. Amen. Then move forward with faith and believe God for something new and something fresh and something better. Friend, when the brook dries up, oh, when what was not, what was working no longer does. Oh, when what was producing is no longer producing. Thank God for the brook. Trust God for the future. And the third thing this morning, talk to God. About what to do next. Back to our text in 1 Kings chapter 17. Verse 7 through 9. And it happened after a while the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath which belongs to Sidon and dwell there. 
See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. God says to Elijah, you're done at the brook. You're done at the brook. It was good for its time. I led you there. I directed you there. You obeyed me. You went where I took you. That was my will. It was my will for you for the time. It had its place. But now, I want to move you to Zarephath. My blessing for you, Elijah, is no longer at the brook. Oh, yes, it was there. Yes, my blessing was at the brook, but it's no longer there anymore. My blessing and my provision for you, Elijah, now is at Zarephath. And I want you to leave the brook and I want you to go to Zarephath. God says to Elijah, reading between the lines, you, you can remain at the brook by yourself, or you can go to Zarephath, and if you go to Zarephath, I'll go with you. Friend, too many churches today have remained at the brook. They've remained at the brook. Oh, oh the brook has dried up long, long ago, but they're still there, reminiscing about the good old days. Longing for the cool, refreshing water that once was flowing from the brook, and it did. I'm telling you, the brook in the past was wonderful. It was glorious. I know a little bit about it. I'm 55 years old. I've been in Pentecost 55 years. I know a little bit about the past. I know a little bit about the brook. And I want to tell you that at the time, the brook was flowing. At the time, it was wonderful. It was awesome. It was incredible. God was in it. But God has long left the brook. He's somewhere else today. And yet too many churches today have remained at the brook. The brook is no longer flowing. It's dried up. But they're still there. God has left a long, long time ago. But they are still there reminiscing about the good old days. Complaining about the new day. They're so dry and they're so parched and they're so lifeless. But they refuse to leave the brook. God left the brook years ago. Friend, when the brook dries up, it's a good sign that it's high time to move on. Oh, thank God for the brook. Trust Him for the future. Talk to Him about what to do next. The very same God that led you to the brook has already picked out your next destination. We're talking about when the brook dries up. We've talked about the situation. We've talked about the solution. Let's talk a little bit this morning about the source. Friend, Elijah's source was not the brook. Even though the brook was a tremendous blessing to him. Oh, what a blessing the brook was. But the brook was not his source. His source was not the widow of Zarephath. Even though God used her to provide for him for a season. But Elijah's source was God. 1 Kings chapter 17 verse 2 through 4. The word of the Lord came to him saying, Go to the brook Kirith. I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Who? 
I, God said, I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Verse 9, go to Zarephath. I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Who? I, God says, I, I have. Friend, if we truly understand who our source is, we wouldn't freak out so much when the brook dries up in our life. You see, if our source is the brook, then we're in trouble if it dries up. But if our source is God, when the brook dries up, there's still the widow of Zarephath that's waiting on us to sustain us. If our source is our job, what happens if we lose it? Oh, oh! if our source is our health, what happens if we lose it? If our source is our money or our ministry or whatever. Friend, if our source is anything other than God, then once the brook dries up, we are bankrupt. But friend, if our source is God, then no matter what happens, we're okay. Because He is our source. Friend, God is a brook that never dries up. Let me suggest three things as I start to close this morning. Let me suggest, first of all, he's our source of supply. He's our source of supply. God provided the brook and the widow of Zarephath to provide Elijah's needs. The Bible says that for 40 years that that God rained down manna and quail for 3 million Israelites to eat every single day for 40 years. The Bible says that as they wandered around in that wilderness for 40 years, that their shoes didn't even wear out. And if you think that's a miracle, just think about this. God even talked the women into wearing the same shoes for 40 years. Now that's a miracle, amen? I don't, I can't prove it, but I think my wife likes shoes so much she'll even purposely scuff them up so she has to go buy some new ones. Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all of your need according unto his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Quickly, let's read one of my favorite passages. Matthew chapter, chapter number 6, verse number uh, 25. says, Jesus said, Don't, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink. Don't worry about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food, the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow or reap or gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. They grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed as one of these. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore do not worry, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? After all these things the Gentiles seek. But your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But if you'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all of these things will be added to you. And do not worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will take care of its own Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Friend, God is our source. He's our source of supply. Number two, He's our source of satisfaction. Oh, in Psalm 16 and 11 it said, In His presence is fullness of joy. 
Man searches for satisfaction in all the wrong places today. He tries pleasure and position and possessions and power and promiscuity, all of these and many, many, many more, but he always comes away empty. The source of true satisfaction is a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. God is our source. He's our source of supply, our source of satisfaction, and he's our source of salvation. John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no man comes unto the Father but by me. We're being taught today by this world and humanism that God and salvation, salvation is like a wheel. That God is the hub of the wheel and that all of the religions are the spokes of the wheel. And it doesn't matter, man says today, because God's the hub. So it doesn't matter how you get to God. You can use any kind and method. You can use any religion known to man. Because all the religions are the spokes that lead to the hub which leads to God. That's what man says. That's what is being propagated. That's what we are being told today. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus didn't say, I'm a way, a truth, and a life. Take your pick. One is as good as the rest. No. He said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. And he said, nobody gets to the Father but by me. Jesus said, nobody goes to heaven. Nobody gets saved unless they come through me. The cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says there's no salvation in any other name. Oh, there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we can be saved. God is our source of salvation. It's through the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. Friend, you can never be good enough, amen, to earn your way to salvation. You can never give enough money to buy your way there. Salvation only comes through one source, and that one source is the Lord Jesus Christ. We can get the worship team back in place this morning, please. My subject today has been when the brook dries up. And friend, I don't mean to be negative this morning, but if you give it enough time, it always will. The Bible said, and it happens, and it always does. But this is not necessarily a bad thing. You see, God knows that as long as the brook is running freely, That we're going to be content to sit by the brook and dangle our feet in the cool, sparkling water of the brook. He knows that the only way to get us to the next place, to get us to that next destination, is if He allows the brook to dry up. Friend, when the brook dries up in our lives, first of all, we ought to just thank God for the brook. Instead of complaining and crying and whining and singing the blues. Instead of having a pity party. Oh, the brook is dried up. We should thank God for the brook. Thank you, God, that you supplied the brook. Thank you, God, that you used the brook to sustain me. Then you need to trust God for the future. Because the same God that provided the brook can provide another brook or provide something even better than the rock. And then, my friend, we need to just simply talk to God about what to do next. 
God, what are you trying to tell me? God, what are you trying to do? God, are you trying to move me? God, are you, what are you doing, God? What are you doing, God? Show me, God. Show me, God. Is it time to leave the brook? Is it time to move on? Or is it time to maybe, you know, maybe you need to just kind of, you know, maybe there's still water in the brook and you just need to kind of, you know, it's there, but you've got to dig a little bit to get it, maybe. Or maybe it's just dried up and God just says, hey, the brook is, was great for its time, but now I've got another place for you. I want to take you to. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning for a couple of minutes. First of all, this morning I want to see if there's anybody in this room today. You do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. He's the source, my friend, of our salvation. There's no salvation in any other but Him. If you were to die in the next five minutes, are you 100% convinced that you're ready to meet God and you'd go to heaven? If you're not 100% convinced... then you need to pray this prayer with me this morning. You need to get things right in your life. I want to help you this morning. If you're not 100% sure of your salvation today, you want to get things right in your life, you want to have 100% confidence that you're ready to meet God, you're ready for heaven. If that's you today, you're not sure, but you want to be sure, I want to see your hand in this room. I'm not going to single you out. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way, but I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you to get to the Lord this morning help you to get to the Lord this morning. I'm going to help you to get to the Lord this morning. All right, would you stand with me in the presence of the Lord this morning? Everyone stand in the presence of the Lord.